Welcome to the Compliance Perspectives Podcast. I'm Adam Turtletow from the Society of Corporate Compliance and Ethics and Healthcare Compliance Association. Joining us today from Chicago is Lauren Kornitek. Lauren is Director, Analyst, Legal and Compliance at Gartner. And today we're going to be talking about some interesting research they did into ChatGPT. First, Lauren, thank you for taking time out of your day to talk to us. Hey, thanks for having me. Very glad to have you and very glad to get into this topic. As I hinted, Gartner's legal and compliance practice recently issued a report identifying chat GPT risks that legal and compliance leaders should evaluate. Let's talk through some of them. First, uh, one you identified is fabricated and inaccurate answers. I played with chat GPT and seen it be a bit wrong, but fabricated answers? Well, for framing, LLM outputs can be faulty based on the tool's inability to understand the content um, that has been provided to them or they've been trained on inaccurate material. Additionally, these, these LLMs are only trained on data up to a certain date. Um, as, as in the case of ChatGPT, that's only trained on data up until 2021. So these tools have some recency limits. Um, additionally, we, we are observing that future large language model tools will likely be trained on more current data, but they'll still contain some informational limitations. So how do we get to fabricated answers? Um, this, this includes answers that the tools put out that are wrong, um, or they're just citing to non-existent legal or scientific citations. And as we understand this, this issue is largely due to the predictive technique of the model and its inability to understand the content. So one thing to keep in mind is that, you know, updated releases of these tools appear to be increasing in accuracy. Um, one example is that the GPT-4 tool is said to be 40% more likely to produce a factual answer compared to its prior release. So perhaps that's something that we can see improvement on in the future. Yeah, I would hope so. I, you know, the, the idea of people relying on these ever more and the data or the answers may just be wholly made up based on what the software guesses is, is almost as terrifying as what it comes up with when it's accurate. Now, uh, the report also identified risks to IP. Uh, what are they? So a lot of the clients that I, I speak with are concerned about the risk to their IP. And we, when we talk to our clients about this, we, we have discussions with them about how to explain this risk to employees because all employees see with these tools are that it can help them and, and help improve their, their processes through the day. So the, the discussion we, we have is that once you put any data in a tool that's that's open source, it becomes part of a public do domain. It, it's basically like releasing a floodgate. Once the information's out there, um, it's out, right? So the best thing that that compliance teams can do uh, with with their legal and HR partners is, is and IT partners is also to control that information. So what we're what we're seeing here is that there are adjacent issues that are being actively litigated in the US for for example there's pending litigation claiming generative AI art tools violate copyright law uh, by scraping artists work from the web without their consent 
and this is this is not a risk that can really be mitigated through transparency since some tools do not provide source references or explain how the output was generated. So another observation that, that I find interesting is that OpenAI claimed that users um, own the output they create with ChatGPT and any liability associated with it. And, and as a result of that, legal and compliance leaders you know, really need to work with users to scrutinize what that output is um, before any further use to ensure that it doesn't inadvertently infringe on copyright or IP uh, requirements. Um, another note, um, and another thing I talk about with clients a lot is that it's always a best practice that to start prioritizing um, organizational functions that are more susceptible to IP and copyright risks. Um, a couple of these include marketing and engineering. And a, a way you could help those teams, you know, mitigate their risk is by providing additional role-based training um, or communications around the IP and copyright risks surrounding those tools. Well, we definitely need that given, you know, people are adopting its use a lot faster than they understand what they're adopting. Now, bias is another risk you identify in your report, and it's one we see all over the place with AI. Uh, given the chance, AI tends to be extremely racist and sexist. How do we protect against it? It seems like it's just a constant problem. Well, that goes back to how these LLMs are trained, right? Um, since they're trained on data that's open on the internet, um, it may capture undesirable societal biases regarding race, gender, ideology, religion. And, and in this context, you know, that this technology remains a challenge because it, it shows like the, the worst in human behavior, right? Um, so OpenAI um, had acknowledged that bias, saying in, in some cases ChatGPT uh, refuses output that it shouldn't, and in some cases it doesn't refuse when it should. Um, so you know the the producer of the technology is aware of this, and and they are working to minimize bias and discrimination. Um, but these these issues, you know, continue to persist. Um, you know, additionally, you know, there's uh, evolving privacy regulation about you know algorithms and algorithm virus bias, and you know the privacy impact assessment process is is one way where you know compliance leads can help get a human review of some of the output of of ai and, and llm tools in their recruiting process as an example now we've heard stories about criminals using ai to create audio fakes voices that sound exactly like a person and then using those voices to get their family members to send money uh, are, are there similar risks to business well, the, the risk to the business with with those uh, types of hacks is that you could get a call from someone pretending to be, you know, your leader, and then you could inadvertently give confidential information or, or you know, make a bad payment. And these, these risks are something that can be mitigated with, you know, training um, and business leaders reminding employees to to be you know vigilant you know one one thing they could 
tell their employees to do is if they get such a call, they should hang up and, and call that person, you know, back directly on, on their phone number, um, ask a challenge question and, and, you know, don't answer calls from unknown numbers. And, you know, one, one thing they can do to really help is, is report these, you know, concerns back through uh, compliance and information security to, to help get, you know, additional protection. And we're going to keep needing it because they seem to be ever more ingenious. Now, finally, you identified one risk that surprised me, which is consumer protection. What's the risk there? Can you explain it more? So this this one surprises um, our clients, too. Um, there are rules and, and laws within the U.S. that we are aware of um, that mandates, um, in California, for example, there's a chatbot law that mandates in certain consumer interactions, organizations must disclose clearly um, that a consumer is communicating with a bot. Um, additionally, the you know U.S. FTC um, stressed that AI tools should be transparent, accountable, um, fair, uh, and empirically correct while promoting accountability. So a, a way to help mitigate that risk for, you know, legal and compliance leads is to ensure that the use of these tools, you know, complies with these, you know, legal obligations. But a really simple way they can do that is just updating, you know, their their disclosures um, in, in connection with these consumer-facing bots. And we've seen some of the problems with these consumer bots just recently. I mean, the day that we're recording this, there were stories about a diet website or eating disorder website where the bot was giving all kinds of uh, bad information. Well, Lauren, thank you so much for sharing these insights with us. I think when it comes to AI, the more insights we have into what exactly is going on, the better. Uh, I wanna thank all of you for taking the time to listen. I'm Adam Turtletaup from SCCE and HCCA. I hope we're able to expand your compliance perspective. <laughs>